So I have to apologize in advance. My voice is a little hoarse. I'm on day eight of uh, COVID here, making a knot as fast as I would like recovery. So excuse. This is mostly an apology to, to Jules, our, our incredible producer who has to edit out all of the sniffles. But uh, I'll try to talk less this week and let, uh, let the other two co-hosts talk a bit more. Uh, to that end... Hello and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. This is episode three for April 21st, 2022. Uh, welcome back. Ara Wagner, to my right, how are you? I'm miffed. You're miffed. My apartment complex has been like, oh, we're turning off the water today in order to fix water main problems. Oh, actually, we got to do it tomorrow instead. And I just checked my water and my water is still on. So I'm thinking they still didn't get what they wanted to done, which annoys me to no end because I can't do laundry thinking that, oh, the water could go out at any time. So they're not giving you a time that it'll go off. It's just like today. They they just say, be prepared for your water to be off between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Man, that's that's like a delivery person promise, except it's your literal water supply. Yeah. That's cool. Slightly annoyed. Well, you could just buy a lot of Dasani. Store it and then uh, oh, no, no, do your no. laundry at that. <laughs> That's only two more hours. Just don't run any water, you know. Yeah. That's right. We're actually at almost four p.m. That's true. It's late in the day. Taylor Kearns, the voice of reason. Uh, welcome back. How are you? Good. Sitting to your digital left, still this week. My yes. Well, we haven't done musical chairs, digital musical chairs, just yet. We'll do that next week um, when we're less miffed about things that haven't shown up yet. Uh, which we'll get to in a second. Oh, I, um, I think we'll still be pretty miffed next week too. <laughs> this is the the highest number of use cases of the word miffed in podcast history. I would expect. I mean, Except I'm also miffed. Was, if that helps. Um, I, why are you miffed? I'm ex- I'm expecting a shirt in the mail today, and it hasn't come yet. Not quite oh. as important as running water, but you know, I'm not pleased. Like a fancy shirt or like a really good like graphic t-shirt? Well, actually, it is kind of a fancy shirt. It's it's a shirt to wear to a wedding that I'm going to next week. But, you know, ah, maybe if it doesn't come, so there's like an urgency to the shirt. I was going to say, if it doesn't come, maybe that's an excuse to not go to the wedding. But that's mean. And I want to <laughs> go to the wedding. I, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day, how I haven't really had a need to wear any formal clothing in over two years. I haven't gone to a wedding. I haven't gone many places at all. And that's funny because. I was looking at the videos of people celebrating mid-flight when uh, people were allowed to take off their masks. And I'm like, there's a lot of people doing a lot of traveling right now. And uh, I'm here stuck with COVID, upset that the only thing that's happening on my phones is uh, that we're not getting Android 13. So that's actually the segue that we'll, we'll jump right into. We delayed the podcast recording this week because we were expecting Android 13 beta 1. Hasn't happened yet. But it's got to happen at some point. Last week, next week is the last week of April. Ara, I've been using the Galaxy S22 Ultra with the mind that like the second beta one hits, I'm going to switch right back to the Pixel 6 Pro. Oh, I already switched back. I've been back on my Pixel 6 Oh, I know. We talked, about, we talked about this. I'm actually okay with it because I like the phone. But yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited about Android 13 beta one. We'll get to a couple of features that we're expecting in it later on in the show, but Google just keeps not saying anything. And Google silence is agonizing. Uh, We have no idea when it's coming. We're used 
to Google ghosting us. I mean, look at the Pixel Watch. They've been ghosting us for years on that. In dark mode, that was another thing that was like, oh, it's going to be here. No, it's not. Oh, it's going to be here. No, it's not. And at this point, we're already to the 21st, 22nd. I'm betting they don't put beta one out in April anymore. I'm betting they have found enough bugs that they're going to wait for beta one until Google I.O. And that will be beta one. Because that's what it's been in previous years, and Android 12 was definitely bug-riddled, so Google might be taking its time and making sure everything is good before bringing it to the beta stage. You're probably not wrong. Google has been known to delay betas until they're ready. I think I would prefer that. Yeah, I think especially if the issue was, okay, let's release beta 1 for the older pixels and then delay it for the Pixel 6. They knew that this would not be received well, so they're like, all right, let's just wait a week, button it up a little bit, and then release it all for, for all of the compatible phones. I think people will understand that. Obviously, we'll never get an on-the-record explanation, but it would be nice. We do have, though, some new information about the Pixel Watch, so let's jump right into that. Not only did our friends at 9to5Google notice that the Google Store where you can buy pixels and Nest smart home hardware, things like that, now has a watches subcategory. Right now, it's only filled with Fitbits because you probably know that Google owns Fitbit now. But it's probably not a surprise that there's a watches, and it's not just fitness trackers or fitness or Fitbit, it's watches. And there's probably good reason for that. We saw a new leak from Evan Blass actually giving us a good look at the top-down render of the Pixel Watch, codenamed Rohan. It will be launching, if the rumors are correct, with Wear OS 3.1, which is an upgraded, newer version of what's launched on the Galaxy Watch 4 series. And we see from that render that there's going to be Fitbit integration, which we knew is coming. That shouldn't be a surprise, but obviously deep Fitbit integration is going to be one of those benefits to other watches from Fossil and Mobvoi. And from Fitbit. Yeah, you're right. Even if Fitbit does end up releasing a Wear OS device. Well, they already said that the next Fitbit quote-unquote watch, not a fitness tracker, is going to be running Wear. Right. Yeah, they said that back when Wear OS 3 was announced, or the, the partnership with Samsung at Google I.O. last year. So it's been nearly a year since that new version was announced. No word on the Pixel Watch, but like Obviously, Google has been working on this. And I don't know about you, Taylor, but I mean, as somebody who's worn the Galaxy Watch 4, it's great at a lot of things. Fitness is not one of them. And I think the Pixel Watch being a really good fitness-focused wearable is in Google's best interest. And having that really deep Fitbit integration is going to be core to that. Obviously, fitness is a big part of any wearable success. The Apple Watch enjoys Obviously, it's the default choice for iPhones, but also people love it in part because of its more robust fitness features than a lot of competing smartwatches have. Not as important to me personally as I'd like it to be, the fitness suite on a smartwatch. I don't get to use those features as often as I probably should. But I am selfishly excited about better Fitbit integration because I've been using a Fitbit smart scale for a few years and all of my weight trends and data are trapped in the Fitbit app that I don't really want to use. So if that's one less like crufty, not up to date app that I can pay attention to, all the better. I mean, for the importance of the Wear OS 3 features that are on the Galaxy Watch 4, we also have to remember that there's a number of 
aspects that were like key tenants of Wear OS 3 when it was announced at Google I.O. that we still don't have in the Galaxy Watch 4. I want Assistant to be here, and we still don't have it. We've had hints, we've had inklings, we've had little bitty crumbs, but we still don't have it on the watch, and it's been, God, half a year? Yesterday's software update from Verizon was more than a crumb. It actually said it was happening. Yeah, and but then, it only then Verizon showed, had to walk it back. But it's only the setup from Samsung's side. There's still nothing from the Google side on that. We're still waiting for a Google Assistant app on the watch. Yeah, actually, Ara, walk us through exactly what happened there, because... From our perspective, this was like breaking news. This was a huge deal. And then by the end of the day, it was a nothing burger. And we basically had to walk back the entire story. Not our fault, but certainly a bad look from Verizon. Well, I'm not going to totally lay the blame on Verizon because Verizon didn't say, oh, Google Assistant is coming. Verizon was like, oh, hey, this is where Google Assistant will be once it is available. Once Assistant is on your device, here is where it will be in your settings. Yeah, I don't know if Verizon did anything wrong here. I think it might have just uh, presented. I think everybody just let the wish be the, uh, so or let the hope be the, never mind. I'm forgetting my turn of phrase, but everybody was like, oh, thank God, Google Assistant is finally coming. I think that was just the thought that everybody had, because usually when you get an update like this, it is the feature and not just the back-end inner workings of the feature. Because I guarantee you, this is not going to be just for Assistant. This is going to be, I'm sure Alexa is going to get on the Galaxy Watch 4 somewhere down the line. I mean, there's clearly a disconnect in communication somewhere between Verizon and Google and Samsung. Right? Yeah. Verizon has been preparing for this. They updated the support page for the Galaxy Watch LTE version sold by Verizon, saying that the most recent update would support Google Assistant. The toggle would be there. All you had to do was find the app, and then the app would then be available to you as an option aside from Bixby. That app, as you mentioned, Ara, is not in the Play Store yet. It's not available. You can't download it. So the integration, the infrastructure to support Assistant is already there. But clearly, there was some miscommunication between the availability of Google Assistant, the app, and the cadence of the update, because there's Verizon here, there's Samsung as the hardware vendor and software, uh, one would expect software updater, and then Google making Google Assistant available as an app to use with the device. Well, again, Verizon stated support for Google Assistant, not that it would be there. So they have the support now for Google Assistant. They have the capability to use it. They just don't have the app yet. And I mean, that's part of why there was such a big hangout because... Obviously, everybody thinks, oh my God, Google Assistant on the Galaxy Watch 4. We got to write this up. We got to go, 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 go. And we did that while the updates were downloading and installing. If you could get it, I still haven't been able to get that update yet. But people updated their watches and they're like, okay, where's Google Assistant? And it still wasn't there. I think that would be true if Verizon had kept up that initial changelog, but it reverted the changelog oh. to the more generic changelog that Samsung had released for the same update. So they had prepared something to say that we are building the road that will allow Google Assistant to work. And somebody said, okay, you went too fast. You've jumped the gun here. So if you go to Verizon's update page now, it looks exactly the same as this generic Samsung Galaxy Watch 
changelog that it rolled out over the last couple of weeks to the non-LTE devices. So anyway, all we know is Assistant is coming. Google has committed to that. We don't know when, but I am sure guessing given the... Yeah, given how close it is to I.O., my strong assumption is that Google will say something on stage during the Wear OS segment where they probably announce Wear OS 3.1. And if they announce Wear OS 3.1, it's safe to say that they might also hint at the presence of the Pixel Watch as well. So Hint? You think that's just going to be a hint next month? Apple does this every year. Apple at WWDC announces a new iOS version without mentioning the fact that this won't be available until the new phone gets released, right? Google sometimes does it as well. I mean, they give us a far longer lead time with Android now because of the developer previews. But it's true that it's likely Google will make a strong hint that the Pixel Watch exists, if not an outright announcement on on the 11th of May. What's really interesting here is that we still don't know anything about when Wear OS 3 will hit existing Wear OS watches that are compatible with it. So anything that runs the Snapdragon Wear 4100 or 4100 Plus should be able to run Wear OS 3. Some Fossil watches and some, like the the Gen 6 Fossils and some of the newer Mobvoi tick watches have committed to being updated, but we don't have a timeline. And given that the Pixel Watch may actually launch with 3.1, it's possible that the 3.1 update will just apply to the entire ecosystem beyond the Galaxy Watches. But again, who knows? Well, it will, but updates for other devices take time. And granted, I'm sure Fossil and Mobvoi and all the other OEMs are going to push for the new software to be made available so that way they can start coding and testing and making sure it works on their watches because that takes months. Yeah, yeah. It takes months, but also like they've had a year now, basically, or eight months. Well, you're assuming that Google has shared 3.1 with manufacturers and just hasn't been working on the system itself. Or 3.0. I mean, we don't know, right? There might be testing versions for that hardware, but we have no idea if they're even allowed to deploy it, right? Google may have struck an exclusivity period with Samsung, and that may prevent Mobvoi and and, and Fossil from committing to update their devices until that exclusivity period is over. I think an exclusivity agreement is also why I don't, I think we're going to get announced a system for the watch for, but not see it for a couple of weeks or a month or two after IO once the Pixel Watch is out and has the cool new feature that the Galaxy Watch 4 will then get in an update. Yeah. Do you guys care about Google Assistant on the watches personally? For the love of yes. <laughs> I do. If only because I've used it a lot on older Wear OS devices, and I actually think it's one of the best features. <laughs> I'm actually very excited about it. Yeah. So long as your watch has a decent mic and it isn't just being, you know, a down facing mic that's getting covered by your skin and not able to hear anything. Assistant is great on a watch, especially if you're in a crowded place, because I often go to Disney World and my earbuds are Google Assistant as well. So I will say like, uh, hey, Google, next song. Yeah, you just ruined everybody's day, by the way. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so sorry. But the earbuds won't pick it up because there is just so much noise going on. Whereas with a watch, Mm -hmm. you can tap assistant, bring it up to your mouth, say the command into that, and there's less chance of it being drowned out by noise and slightly better chances that it won't be misinterpreted considering noisy environments. But I mean, for me, I just want it for around the house because... 
I don't take my phone with me everywhere I go in my apartment. I don't do that. I'm trying to, I'm actively trying to break that <laughs> behavior because it just makes me addicted to my phone and I can't do that. So yeah, being able to pull up a Hey um, G on my watch and tell it to Hey G, turn on the bedroom lights, turn on the bathroom lights because my bathroom lights are smart lights. I appreciate that you're censoring yourself now. <laughs> I also think this is the naive child in me, but <laughs> I, I love the Dick Tracy feeling of being able to talk to my wrist and actually have things happen. Like you can do it to your phone, I know, but it's an extra step to take your phone out of your pocket. Whereas you can just hold down the crown or, or say the, the hot word and have it activate on your wrist and it, you get that little buzz and then you say your thing and it just, it accomplishes that task and you're like, God damn, I'm a God. So Living in the there future. have been moments where this is like tiny bits of validation that actually add up to being a really good experience. And the fact that we haven't had it on by far the best Wear OS watch ever made in the Galaxy Watch 4 series makes me sad. It just, it, it leaves a hole in my heart. So we'll leave it there and, and hope that it happens. All right, I will throw it over to you, Ara, and uh, we will discuss what's on your plate this week. Okay, well, I'm naturally a very big fan of streaming services because I work at home and sometimes it's nice to be able to just put on like old episodes of The West Wing that I know by heart and it's just noise in the background that I can occasionally quote along to my favorite scenes. And Netflix had a not great week this week because it had to announce to shareholders that, oh, hey, we've lost 200,000 subscribers in the last quarter and we're planning to kick even more off because of password sharing. So I don't think that's great, especially considering the direction Netflix's content has been going recently. The news of the lost subscribers and the lost revenue also meant that there had been cuts to the content production, particularly in animation, which is a shame because Netflix actually has pretty good animated shows, or at least had over the last couple of years. It's not a great week for Netflix, but at the same time, I, I can't feel pity for them because they've done this to themselves. Because, I mean, Netflix lacks the library of content that all of these others do. HBO Max has the entire Warner Brothers library to pull from. Disney Plus has the entire Disney Fox archives to pull from. And Amazon is just this absolute mess of either shows that they were able to get rights to stream or films and TV shows that you can outright buy if it's not available for free, which helps give Amazon an edge if you're using it as your only streaming service. And Netflix has just been losing its content left and right. Like, Netflix was the place to go for pretty much all streaming content, what, seven, eight, nine years ago? And now that's just fallen off a cliff, and the original uh, original movies has not been able to offset that. Some of the original TV shows have, but not in the movies category. Yeah, I've noticed that anytime any kind of Netflix shenanigans come up, or they raise their prices or whatever, which they do all the time anymore... I always think of like, well, should I cancel it? I probably won't because it's like the default streaming service. But that's also an attitude that I've had for like the past decade or whatever, however old Netflix is, just because I'm so used to it. You know, I'm, I'm always afraid to cancel it like it's more important than it is. No, but that's it, right? Like, I think over the last few months, Netflix has gone from the default, meaning there's no way I would ever cancel this. This is 20 bucks a month that I'm willing it's to It's gone eat. from being essential to being obsolete. 
optional. I wouldn't optional. say obsolete. Yes, I'm not going to go so far. I have a child, <laughs> so Netflix cannot be obsolete, but I I find myself using it far less for regular casual viewing. Yeah. And you're absolutely right, Ara. It's because of that lack of even though obviously by now with 7-8 years of a original content back catalog, it's working. So they do they do have a back catalog. But it's not prestige stuff, at least not for the most part. And I haven't thought about going back there in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, Netflix for me was a, oh, I'm going to go catch up on my anime that is Netflix exclusive and the Netflix animation series that I like. I'm going to binge that all. And then I'll forget Netflix exists for like four or five months because I cycle through my streaming programs. But even now, most of the shows that I like have ended. A lot of them have been ended after one or two seasons because Netflix is very fond of the two and out season format for a lot of its shows. And the new stuff that has come in just hasn't been able to quite replace it. So for me, if I was paying for Netflix, I would have canceled it by now. There you go. So you're not paying for it, which is another reason why Netflix is trying to recoup (laughs) some of its loss Right. This is still a the largest streaming company in the world, the most paying subscribers in the world. It's not growing, but it only lost two hundred thousand subscribers last month, and that, I mean, likely included some that. Well, uh, that included seventy thousand Russian accounts. Yes. Yeah. So that's a significant impact, and they are forecasting another loss in Q two, which is why I think if they just announced the two hundred thousand lost subscribers, and then their guidance was, but we're going to make some of that back and more in Q2. The impact on the stock would not have been nearly as significant. Yeah. But we're looking at 65% drop since the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's down 40% just this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was a stock that was trading at $600 at the beginning of the year. Now we're down to 215 bucks. This is not a financial advice show, but I've been (laughs) toying with the idea of buying Netflix stock because I'm like... This thing was at $700 like eight months ago. And is it ever going to get back there because it had one bad quarter? It had one bad quarter. Like it is insane, the impact of this. I don't think it's just the quarter results. I think it is the fact that they said publicly and emphatically, we are going to start cracking down on passwords for realsies this time. Mm -hmm. And that is because of lost subscribers. Like tying it to that was just not a great look. You can say you're cracking down on the password sharing. I don't think it's going to do much good because password swapping is a thing. I pay for five streaming services. My parents pay for two. My twin pays for one. And we swap the info because it's the family. But I don't think you can say, oh, we've had this really bad thing this quarter and then turn around and also tie it to something that is highly unpopular and usually does not result in added subscriptions. It usually results in lost subscriptions because if you kick a Netflix account for password sharing, chances are the person who was mooching off is not going to resubscribe. And the person who originally had the account might not resubscribe. Unless you have prestige quality content that brings people back, just like Disney Plus is taking for granted that it's on this release cycle that Everybody who signed up and is up for renewal knows that a new Marvel or Star Wars show or a Pixar movie or some AAA movie release will get put on the service in the next few weeks. Netflix does not have that. I mean, the, the thing that I've looked forward to 
this week alone is Russian Doll. And like, that's a fantastic show, but this is the first Netflix show that I've looked forward to in eight months. So that's where I am, actually. I will also say another change over the last seven, eight months that has been equally surprising to me was I thought HBO Max was going to be an afterthought for me. And I find myself using it more and more, even without the big tentpole movie releases like the Batman, which I'm so happy I can just watch that Batmobile chase over and over because it is so amazing. But I didn't think that I would actually watch any of the HBO originals. And I watched Our Flag Means Death and just about died at that last episode. And then it's also it's Warner Brothers. So it's all of Warner Brothers animation on all of DC animation. And I have just been diving back into that with very, very passionate binges of things like Batman the Animated Series and Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. A lot of these TV shows that were previously just not available for streaming much of anywhere. It was buy it or you're out of luck. Sorry. So, I mean, in this ecosystem of Netflix having a really bad week, Discovery, which now owns Warner, which now owns HBO Max, (laughs) and which owns HBO Max, is shutting down CNN Plus after 19 days, which is (laughs) not a lot of time. CNN Plus famously had a long lead in. It was a pet project of Jeff Zucker, who had to leave CNN earlier this year due to you know information that came out about an inappropriate relationship. But still, this is not streaming CNN on your phone because CNN's existing relationships are with domestic TV providers, mostly. But still, this was additive. This is going to be something that would have original content. It would, it would have documentaries and shows and all the stuff that you've kind of seen peppered through CNN over the years, Anthony Bourdain, stuff like that. But I guess Discovery did not want to invest more in a failing streaming service, so it shut down after two weeks or three weeks. Not a good look. Well, before Discovery got really into it with the final talks for Warner Brothers Media, they had been debating the idea of CNN Plus with CNN. But Discovery wasn't actually too sure the service would work, and so they were hesitant. And then they had to basically go radio silent on CNN while they were in other well, other talks were consuming their time. And that led to CNN just being like, well, guess we do it on our own and we're going to go ahead and launch it. And Discovery is now coming back in and taking control and going, no, this is not going to work. And especially now that it's Discovery and Discovery has such a wide platform now, I think all the content that was going to be on CNN Plus is still going to get made. I think it's just going to be added to uh, HBO Max or Discovery, whichever one of those comes out on top. Yeah, I think the fact that CNN Plus was a tab within the CNN app and not in the HBO Max app, that's bad, right? Just like the. Disney Plus app has Star as a tab in there for international viewers. But yeah, I think the whole strategy was was flawed from the beginning. Apparently they had 150,000 subscribers when the service was canned. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, now, how many of those were actually journalists wanting to see the competition? Right, or, or people who got it for free as a promo, because that happened with Quibi too, right? Yeah. Quibi could say, hey, we have 2 million active subscribers, but you got three months for free. Nobody paid a cent for Quibi, <laughs> except Roku, who ended up buying Quibi and relaunching a bunch of their shows. But anyway, that's a different topic for a different day. Yeah, I I would love to know if anybody here subscribed to CNN Plus, and if you did, send me an email, podcast at androidpolice.com. I would 
love to hear your experience of it over the last three weeks. Uh, but I think we should move on and throw to Taylor to close out the show. So Google, from time to time, does these experiments. There's all kinds. They do stuff with like cameras and AR. They did one during the pandemic where you could use your phone's camera to show you like in your actual environment, the space around you that you would need for your own social distancing bubble. That was so neat. So useless, but so neat. I never actually <laughs> tried it myself. That did it not work very well? No. That's a I mean, shame. It was, it, was, it was dumb, especially since the six foot distance thing was made irrelevant when the variants showed up. But anyway, that's not this podcast. <laughs> Fortunately. But last week, uh, they announced one called Little Signals that they did with a London-based design studio called Map Project Office. And it was a set of six little robots, basically, as what I like to think of them as anyway. But they're six little tiny Google Home-ish, like Nest Audio-ish size devices that they built that deliver information in like unconventional ways. Like there's no screens on them. A couple of them do have speakers, but they don't talk to you. The video makes it look like they are these well-engineered, commercial-grade products. Little Signals is a family of unassuming but charming objects that share notifications and information by engaging with our senses in more nuanced ways. Using sound, movement, and visual cues we can subtly perceive. A soft shadow. A friendly tap. A reassuring sound subtle indicator, a slight waft of air, a gentle motion. They use familiar patterns to calmly convey information and keep us in the loop. In reality, I don't think those actually exist. These are just Arduino robots that do some cool things. They're they're single-use objects. But the actual idea here around ambient notifications, right? Air, it pushes air towards nearby objects like the leaves of a plant to attract attention when you may not have your phone near you, but it wants to inform you that something happened. There's a physical button one that is sort of like a fidget spinner. The rhythm one generates ambient sounds, which I love the idea of because I love listening to chimes. There are six of these and they're all very unique and intentional. And Taylor, I think that may be why you're so interested in them, because like they're part of the digital well-being movement, as you said in your piece, but they're not really meant to do more than just settle you and center you towards one particular thing. Right. Obviously, like you said, they're not commercial products. This was just an experiment that Google did to like show people it's thinking about this sort of thing, which I appreciate. There's the air one that can blow on things. The example I keep thinking of with that is that you could set it up on a schedule to blow on a plant to remind you to water that plant or all your plants or whatever. And then there's also another one with a little arm that in the demo video, it's very cute. Somebody opens a medicine cabinet and it lifts its little robot arm and taps on a pill bottle and it goes tink tink. And I love that. And I could see that being used in a lot of ways. I mean, you could set it on a desk. It could knock on the desk to remind you to do things. And I appreciate the concept of getting notifications off of my phone. I know people worry about how many notifications they get in their lives, and I've never felt that worry myself. But I also have just hundreds and hundreds of notifications that I don't end up interacting with or even dismissing for days at a time lately. So clearly, I... (laughs) 
I could benefit from... You don't clear your notifications before bed? What kind of monster are you? I don't know. It's just, there's just so many lately, I guess. I don't know. So I really think I could benefit from something like this if there were a product I could buy that could deliver me a notification of my choice in like an unconventional way away from my phone. I think that could be a really valuable thing if there's some, maybe a habit you're trying to form or something, like the example of the little one that taps the pill bottle to remind whoever in the video to take their medication, I assume. That kind of thing seems really useful to me. And I appreciate, they're all very, I mean, we have pictures of Mon AP, obviously. And they're all very, like, designerly and modern and googly and kind of cute. And I don't know, I just, I've been, I've been thinking about them all week. I look at all of the little sounds, the things here, and I'm just going, why do I need any more of this crap cluttering up my apartment and distracting me? Because that is all any of this will do. It will purposefully distract me in a certain way in order to try and focus me and center me and get me away from whatever distraction I might be having at the moment. And no, I, I don't, I don't think these will work out quite the way you intended for a number of people who have issues focusing, because I definitely have issues focusing. But as I read each one of these, I was like, that would be terrible. That would be even worse. <laughs> no, that's a uh, wrong implementation. So I, I don't know. I'm, it's an interesting experiment. It's definitely a experiment that will not be for everyone. No, and I, I don't think it's going to lead to anything that we can buy. Although they do have instructions on the website for this experiment. You can build the Air One, or at least like a crude version of it. I think the finished product ends up being like a fan strapped to a piece of cardboard that you can like put in a book to blow straight up. So it's not like the cool, slick, oscillating robot fan that they have in their video of it. But I think to your point of them grabbing your attention rather than centering you, I think that could also kind of be the point. Because if, at least from my perspective, if I've got like a notification that I need to pay attention to, but I'm not, and I could have one of these little signals to serve as that notification in my life, it's harder to ignore like a little gyrating robot toy thing on the shelf than it is just another beep on your phone, I think. That's what I think this does, right? Is I find myself and, and my my thoughts wandering a lot and being able to focus on an object to center myself is sometimes very useful to me but i have to be explicit about what object i focus on in order to put myself in the mindset of thinking about a particular thing right if i'm sitting in my office chair and i'm looking at a photo of my family or whatever and i can just kind of drift away i can get into a mindset of 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 thinking over a problem but that's never, or at least it's going to be very difficult to associate that photo with like, oh, I have to check my mail or I have to try to remember to check my task list to complete it. Whereas I feel like because you are provided, some of these little signals are providing the entry point, the opening to some specific bit of information. Whereas like, for example, the movement one it's seven pegs that can go up and down, right? That can mean nothing. Or if you have built a system where a combination of those pegs being up indicates the time or the date or a task that you have to remember to do, you can build association with those specific objects in their current state. Obviously, you would have to build that into your life as a habit, right? So none of these are just going to work without you actually investing some of your own cognition and associating them with your day-to-day -day routines. 
But like, there are so many times where I go into the kitchen and then I forget why I'm there. And I feel like objects like this that have intention can actually help with that. I don't know. It, it, that's, that's how I'm looking at them. Like, I'd love to have some objects that give me a more holistic representation of digital signals. And this is a really good example of that. Yeah. I also think it's funny that physical, obviously before we had smartphones, physical reminders written down or whatever were the only way to do it. And in fact, the notification icon for reminders is still a string tied around a finger. And I think it's funny that Google is trying to make like a more physical, tactile reminder system again, even if they're not going to sell it. I don't know. I just think there's some some light irony there. I think it's funny. <laughs> I see you, Taylor. I see you. We're on the same page about this. All right. I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. If you have any feedback for us, let us know. We are at Android Police. Podcast at androidpolice.com is our email address. We love getting your feedback, so please send it. If you have the opportunity to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that allows you to do so, we would so appreciate it. As a recently rebooted, renewed, rejuvenated podcast, getting the word out that we are here, that we exist, it means the world to us. So thank you for that. We will be back next week with another episode, hopefully focusing on Android 13 Beta 1. If not, we will find something else interesting to talk about. Until then, have a great week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys.